0: Good morning. Good morning. Well, we want to welcome everybody to Sunday School, of Victory Baptist Church. I hope you're glad to be here today, and uh, hope your ambition is to serve the Lord today. And um, if you would, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And uh, uh, I was looking at the weather today and thinking, man, you know, sometimes it's uh, the, the weather has something to do with your mood, you know. <laughs> it, it affects you a little bit, but, you know, when you, when you realize these are the days that the Lord's made and that uh, He has a plan and purpose in it it, uh, it, it brings you around some. You know, this month we're talking about the deliverance of the gospel, and here in Genesis chapter 12, we're looking at verse 3, and in verse 3, the Lord speaking to Abram says, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And uh, that that that's a, a promise to Abraham that, and the children of Israel, of which Abraham was the first. And, um, you know, in in this uh, time we're, we're looking at Abraham and, you know, sometimes when we say, you know, he came out of the Ur of Chaldees, we have this, this idea that uh, these are very basic people and and, uh, you know, just uh, maybe not as smart as we are, not as advanced as we are somehow, not as intellectual maybe as we are. But the Ural Chaldees was uh, a very um, um, developed region of the world at that time. Um, their, their fleets, they had fleets that, that sailed the Mediterranean and traded all around the Mediterranean Sea. They had mathematicians that uh, had developed mathematics to a level that uh, uh, maybe only some of our better mathematicians even understand today their architecture was above average these were a uh, uh, developed people and a people of uh, that that had a culture and cultural history but it wasn't a godly history you know the the Bible says Joshua when he was speaking about uh, 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 given given his instruction to the children of Israel before his his passing, he mentioned the the uh, family of Abram and mentioned Terah his father. And he said, instead of Terah his father in in Joshua chapter twenty four and verse two, that he was an idolater. And you have to understand that at this time the the people of that region they they uh, worship the moon god Nana, Nanana maybe that's. It's uh, how it's spelled. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, Stephen speaking there in Acts chapter 7, he tells us that God appeared unto Abram in that state. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, sometimes when, when we think about service to God, we think that, well, you had to have a, a godly heritage. You had to be raised in a certain type of home. And sometimes we think, well, because I have this background and because uh, this has happened in my life, that, that I'm useless to God. But listen, that wasn't the case. You have to imagine Abram was an idolater with his father. He's 75 years of age. He's not a a teenager. He's not a a neophyte when when God calls him. He calls him out of that idolatry. And you know, despite his family background, despite those that were around him, one commentator I read, he said Nahor, Abram's uh, brother, stayed behind. Terah, his father, stopped short. He didn't go into the promised land. And Lot, who did go into the promised land with him, strayed, but Abram was steadfast. Listen, when 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 uh, when God makes a calling, you need not make an excuse. If He calls, you can obey. You know, in, in God's call, I, I was looking at that. God's called a departure. He said, "Get thee out." He says there in verse one, "Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee." You know. Um, one thing I was thinking about, the, the callings of God never leave you where you were before. You're either going to answer that call and you're going to move forward, or you can do nothing and you move backwards. You know, the pastor doesn't say for nothing that, that uh, a, a Christian can never be static. Either we're moving forward, answering God's call, or we're, we're moving backwards. And look, it wasn't a call to the known listen god God gave him all the all the particulars about what he was to leave, leave your country leave your leave your family behind, but he says, and go to a place that I will show you, but he didn't show him right off, did he It, it was a place unknown you know uh, it, it's not easy to leave those things that you know it's not easy to change jobs. you know you ever wonder why um, and I'll use us as an example. If I talk to somebody and they say, we're going on vacation, two thirds of us are going where? We're going to Tennessee, aren't we? (laughs) You know, Brother Tony goes for the fishing, but you know what? We go because it's familiar to us. You know, when you were young, maybe you branched out more. You were a little more adventuresome. Abram's 75 years old and God calls him to the unknown. Um, you know, but you know, God wanted to teach Abram something here. And the same thing, he, the, the lesson he wants to give us is that our security isn't in the known. We think, oh, I've got the, a known bank account. Oh, I've got a, a a known job here. Oh, I've got, you know, and all these things that, that we look at and we say, historically, this is how it's been. And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Listen, uh, m- money makes life a little easier. and That's just a fact of it. You know, having having a few things makes life easier. You know, none of you women want to take your clothes out and beat them on a rock, do you? No, you like that wash machine. You know, I don't know why my wife ever says, I'm washing clothes. No, no, you're putting them in the machine. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, hey, God wants you to know that your security is not in your things. Your security is in Him. It's to Him that we're to trust. You know, Brother Lane mentioned his favorite verses there in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter uh, 3 Verses 5 and 6, he said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Listen, what's, what's going to be better for you? When you direct your path, or he directs your path? You know, when God called Abraham, he, called, he told him, leave, leave family. And family's important, don't get me wrong. But Terah, Terah must have believed the call too, because he wanted to go too. And Abraham took him, and you know what? It caused a delay. It caused a delay in Abram's obedience. But when when Terah died, Abram kept on with God's call. Listen, but he called him to a place. You know, uh, Abram was called to exchange the the known for the unknown, wasn't he? He was was calling him out. In in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 8, you know what the Bible says about Abram when God called? You might ask, you know, what would I do? What would I do? Is this what you would do? By faith, Abram, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. You know, there's no perfect place to serve God. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'll, I'll do this after this transpires. I've told you before that when I was a teenager, I knew that, that God had called me to do something, and I said, well, Lord, after I have my license, and, and I, then I'm mobile and I can serve you better. And in those intervening years, I slipped away from the will of God. That's why the pastor, when he gives his testimony, tells us the best advice he ever got was when he talked about going to, to uh, Christian college was to go now, to go now. You know, the, the, the perfect place to serve God is where God's got you now. It's where he's got you now. It's not where you're going to be, not where you want to be, not where you anticipate being. It's where he's got you now. Serve him now. And then Abram did what? In verse 4 it says, so Abram departed. <laughs> he, he, he departed. His act of obedience. You know, you know what that did for us in the providence of God? It made a new nation. It brought forth a Savior. It gave us the Scriptures. Listen, I've, I, have you ever wondered, what if Abram hadn't went? What if he just said no? You know, it happened before that God, uh, that the, the peoples relinquished their knowledge of God willingly. And what did God do? He sent a flood. But with Abram. He started again. But what if Abram had been like many of us and just said, well, maybe later and not been obedient? You know, you never know the blessing you can be by being obedient. We, you know, the Sunday school teachers, uh, uh, as I think of them, and Brother Tony and the pastor and Brother Lane and, and all those that, that are obedient to God, those, uh, you, you don't know the blessing you're going to be. In about 1780... James Taylor, not a singer, he was was a brick mason, and he was it was his wedding day, and he is making brick. It wasn't like it was now. You didn't get a day off or a week off. You know, you went to work, got married that afternoon, maybe went back to work. He's making, and but one thought keeps going through his mind: as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. And by his own testimony, he said, I didn't want to be thinking like that. It was my wedding day. I I was excited about being married. But he couldn't get rid of that thought. See, Charles Wesley had been through that area preaching and had preached on Joshua's call. is for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And what James Taylor knew of himself was that that wouldn't happen because he wasn't saved. And he said that he knelt down amongst the straw and the things he was using to make brick. And he accepted Jesus as his Savior. So that that story in and of itself is nice. But you have to realize James Taylor was the great, great, great grandfather of a missionary that we know as Hudson Taylor. A man who, because of the faith, passed down through his family. Because the faithfulness of one man, essentially, became a missionary that went into mainland China and won thousands to Christ. You just don't know the effect that being obedient can have and being a man or woman of faith. And then in verse 8, I just want you to see this last thing. It says, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. But in verse 7... The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar. You know the difference between pitching your tent and building an altar? One is holding loosely to the transient. He pitched a tent. He didn't build a house. He pitched a tent. The things that God had given him uh, on this earth... The things, not, not unuseful things, but he didn't hold tightly to them. But the things that are eternal, he held tightly to those. You know, I looked at my own life and I, and I realized that there have been times in my life when I've held on so tightly to the things of this world, the things that really mattered to me, whether it's my home, my family, um, you know, just Possessions that I've not had any free hands to even hold on to the eternal things. I let so much of that slip by. Let's not make those mistakes. Let's see Abraham as an example that we can use that example and be men and women of an obedient faith.
1: Thank you for that, Brother Dale. That was tremendous. That was really good. By the way, Brother Dale's going to find out what it's like to put those clothes in the wash machine, too. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about myself there, Dale. I thought, well, she heard me say that. I'll find out what it's like. <laughs> Since it's doing the work, hey, you, you might be finding out. That's what Brother Frankie leaned forward. He knows, too. He leaned forward and he said, he's going to find out what it's like now to put them in. <laughs> uh, well, I want to welcome everyone this morning. And before we begin, we'll take some prayer requests. I have one here, Sherry, Dean. Uh, be praying for Sherry and Dale's uh, daughter-in-law, Monica. She's having some health issues, and really uncertain as to, if she's back home, but uncertain really as to what's going on as far as... Possibility of blood clots, possibility of pancreatitis, uh, some different things there. But just be praying for her uh, to get well and uh, for them to be able to diagnose just what is going on with her. So. Be praying for Monica. This is Sherry and Dale's daughter-in-law. Anybody have any other requests on this side? Anybody at all? Good to see Jack back this morning. Been down in Florida. Missed you when he was gone. Got to get down there and do some fishing. And Glad you're back, Jax. Good to see you. Uh, Cindy? I had my biopsy on Monday, and even though the doctor has not called yet, they did test the results to my chart, and it appears that I have thyroid cancer. I can call the doctor. Okay. Let's be praying for Cindy with these results that she got from a biopsy that According to her chart, she does have thyroid cancer, and waiting the doctor to determine the course of action for that. So just be praying for Cindy. Uh, this. Anyone else over here? Anybody else? Well, on this side this morning? Uh, Kathy? Amen. we pray praying for Terry and Dan to get well. They are home. Came home sick, so just be praying for them as they recover. Anybody else over here? Oh, back in the back, Rebecca. Okay, be praying. Be praying for Peggy this morning. She's at home, not feeling well. Be praying for her, Chelsea. praying for Kylie. She has her arthritis is flaring back up so just be praying for her so uh, she can get back into the doctor to get some of these treatments started back again. Kathy, did you raise your hand? Um, Alright, we need to be praying for Russ as he recovers from gallbladder surgery and it's done on Thursday. Just be praying for him. Um, anyone else? Anybody at all? Here's another prayer request. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for what I've already heard this morning. Lord, I thank you for the examples that we have from the Word of God of faithfulness. Lord, I think of, of Lord, I thank you for Abraham, Father, I pray that Lord we will use him as an example in our life as to answering the call of God for our life. Lord, that we'll be willing, Lord, to surrender our will to your will, as he did. Father, that you can bless. Lord, you always make something more great. Lord, uh, often in our own life, we have our own life planned out and our own dreams. Father, help us always to be willing to do what you would have us to do. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I thank you for all the examples that we have. Lord, of things to do and not to do. Father, how to live our life. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides us and gives us wisdom and direction. Father, this morning I just thank you for this church. Father, that's been a lighthouse. Lord, that's been such a help in my own life. Father, I thank you for my pastor. Father, and for his faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you'll just continue to give him the vision, Lord, as we end the year and start a new year. Father, may our desire be, Lord, to just to continue to move forward, Lord, to go forward for the cause of Christ in this dark world. Lord, it is a dark place, but Father, it's it's been a dark place since sin entered into the world. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you, on what you would have us to do, Lord, the uh, the end goal. Father, just help us to be faithful people. Lord, to be witnessing people. Father, to be people who study the Word of God and read and pray. And, uh, Lord, be where we should be. Father, just bless our pastor and Robin. Father, I pray that you'll give them good health. Father, I pray for Brother Lane, and Miss Erica. Lord, I thank you so much for him, Father, for bringing them here. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'll just continue to Use them, Father, bless them, meet every need. Lord, I pray that you'll uh, just bless the church. Father, in, in that, Lord, to bless, Father, we need to be in a blessable place. Lord, I understand that. Lord, you can't bless unfaithfulness or unrighteousness, unholiness. Lord, help us to be in the place that we should be, Father, in order for you to bless. Lord, we... Think of Cindy this morning, Father. The results of her biopsy that uh, she's gotten, Father, for this thyroid cancer. Lord, I pray, God, that You'll work there, Father. That you'll give the doctors wisdom as to how they'll treat it, and Father, just encourage her. Uh, Lord, uh, just be near, Lord. We ask that you just heal her, Father. That you help the, uh, the things that will take place, Father. As far as treatment, Lord, to do his job and to work, Lord, just uh, keep her healthy. Father, I think of all these others with cancer and battling different diseases. Lord, I think of Brother Larry at home this morning, Father, with his uh, kidney disease and Lord, with the pneumonia. And Father, I pray that you will help him. Lord, uh, to get just to get over this, to get better, Father, just help him physically. Lord, for these little ones that have cancer, different diseases that are struggling, Father, I pray for them and their families. Lord, I think of Chloe. Father, for different ones that, uh, Lord, often we want to just say, "Why, Lord?" But Father, help us not to question you to realize that Father, oh, man brought all of this upon himself. Lord, when Adam sinned, Lord, all these things came into our life because of sin. Lord, it's nothing as you intended for it to be. Father, you didn't intend for our bodies to be riddled with disease or for death or all of these things. Lord, it's a consequence of rebellion, of Adam. Lord, because we're all in Adam, Father, it's followed right on down, Lord, to us. Father, I thank you that we don't have to stay in Adam, Lord, we can be in Christ. Father, I thank you for this time of year, Lord, when we celebrate the greatest day this earth ever knew up to that point, when the Lord Jesus Christ became flesh, dwelt among men was born there in Bethlehem of a virgin. Lord, and he lived and he went to Calvary and he died in our stead. He was buried and he rose again victorious that third day. Lord, that we could have remission of sins. Lord, that we could know what it means to have our sins forgiven, know what it means to have eternal life. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for this time of year. Father, we think of the other requests that's been mentioned this morning. Lord, I think of Kylie. Father, with this flare-up again, arthritis. Father, I pray, Lord, that you ease the pain that she's having. Father, just, uh, it's our desire, Lord, that it just go back into remission. Father, help her to be able to get to her appointment. Father, for other requests this morning, Lord, I pray that you'll just intervene in everyone's life Lord, I think of Diane and Terry that are sick. Lord, for Peggy uh, that's not feeling well this morning, Father, just help them. Lord, ease their pain, help them to get better. And Father, now bless our time together. Lord, help me, Father, to be uh, clear. Lord, to rightly divide your word. Father, to be a blessing. Lord, leave each Sunday school teacher. Help them to realize the responsibility, Lord, of putting the word of God in these children's minds and their hearts, Lord, right on up through this class, and be with the preaching of your word to follow, Lord, we give you the praise for all you do today, in Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bible, we're not going back to Romans chapter 6, we'll go to Luke chapter 2. I had Romans chapter 6 already, yesterday I was just reading the Christmas story, it's in Matthew 1 and Luke 1 and 2, just reading. And I touched on this last year, about when God brought the message that the Lord Jesus Christ will be born. He brought the message of the birth of the Lord to three different groups, three individuals. The angel came to Mary. The angel came to Joseph. The angels came to the, white, to the shepherds. And all three times he spoke the words, fear not, fear not. You know, fear has been a part of human existence ever since Adam jumped into sin in the garden. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, how masculine you are, how brave you are, Everybody fears something. Everybody fears something. You know, whether it's heights, whether it's darkness, whether it's snakes, spiders, mice, uh, gray hair, no hair, growing old, being alone. I mean, you, you could just keep on naming things. Man's fearful. You know, we have examples. Brother Dale was just reading there and in Genesis about Abraham in that same exact chapter what does Abraham do? he becomes fearful What's he tell Sarah when they're going into Egypt there because of the famine? don't tell them you're my wife they'll kill me tell them you're my sister he did that out of what? fear Abraham was fearful you know Moses, Jacob. Jacob was so fearful of that reunion with Esau, remember? Moses was fearful of Pharaoh. The disciples were fearful of the storm. Nothing's changed. It's been like that since the beginning. People are still caught up in the grips of fear. But I'm so thankful... That even in, you know, just stop and think for a moment about the physical life of Joseph and Mary. You know, Mary's probably 16 years old when the angel Gabriel appears to her. Mary's got her life all planned out. You know, I'm sure she's dreamt just like every young girl's dreams of. The romance of marriage, family, a home, Joseph the same way. Their lives are all planned out. They've got everything to live for. Then all of a sudden, everything gets turned upside down. You know, often that brings fear. You know, I like it when my life's going as planned. I love it when it's like that, but it doesn't always go as planned, does it? We've all seen that in our own lives. It doesn't go as we planned it to. But I want to look here first at Mary, uh, really about the calmness of Mary's life. I was looking at this yesterday, and one thing that just stood out was her calmness. After being told what she's just been told, In Luke chapter 1, look at verse 26 through about 38. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Listen, and I want to say something this morning. If your Bible doesn't say virgin right there, you need a different Bible. Don't mean to be harsh, mean. Listen, she wasn't a young maid. She wasn't a young woman. It all hinges right here on Mary being a virgin. Your Bible needs to say that. It says it twice in this very verse. Verse 27 says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Not above women. Listen, this angel didn't bow down and worship Mary. This angel said, Blessed art thou. In order to be blessed, Mary had to be in a blessed place. He said, Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Here it is, Fear not. Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Now listen, this, this, she didn't question God as uh, John the Baptist's father did. I can't even think of his name now. Zacharias, it, it won't She didn't... Asked this in unbelief. She didn't. She was just amazed as to how this could be. And Zacharias asked in unbelief. He didn't believe. He asked questioning. But she said, how can it be? I've never known a man. Verse 35 says, this is the how of it. And the angel answered and said unto her, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary says here, Be it unto me according to thy word. As I said earlier, when this angel Gabriel Appears to Mary, by all likelihood, she's probably, I mean, I know she's a teenager, she's probably 16 years old, according to the culture back then. She's espoused to a man by the name of Joseph. Now that's, we we have engagements, and people like to liken the two together, but it was far different. How much? Whole, she was actually, they were actually considered married. They just hadn't consummated the marriage yet. They were espoused. She was espoused. She has her whole life planned out with a man. Everything is is as she would hope it would be. And then the angel appears. And everything changes. Everything changes. Her life, when you think about Mary, she has it all. Look at verse 27. It says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Mary, not only did she have her life planned out, and God intervened in her plans, as God often does, Mary lived a consecrated life. God chose a pure vessel. Now, was she sinless? No. Mary was a sinner just like you and I are a sinner. You know, there are the Catholic Church holds Mary into high esteem and worships Mary. But Mary wasn't above women, Mary was blessed among women. Mary had to. She had the Son of God. She delivered the Son of God. And then she had to have her son save her from her sins. Just like you and I do. But Mary was pure. When you look at verse 38 here, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary was pure. God chose a pure vessel. You know, I I think about Mary's life before and after. Mary's life wasn't easy after. After this announcement, after this child. Can you imagine the shame that Mary had to endure? All the shame, the humiliation. But you know, Mary was willing to submit To all of that. When you read the gospels. They called the Lord illegitimate. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot of humiliation. Often we don't want to go through things like that. We would have said. No Lord I don't want to endure that. That's too much to endure. Listen God never asks us to endure something without it being better in the end. It's always going to be better in the end. Mary was willing to do it. God's never going to do us wrong. You know, Mary could have asked why. Mary could have said, but Lord, I've had my life planned out. My life is going this direction. This is the way it's supposed to go. I'm already a spouse to a man. Their lives were already planned. Joseph's already building her a house. Making all the necessary arrangements for it to go this direction. And all of a sudden, their dreams becomes a nightmare. Nothing is as they planned. And Mary could have said, no, Lord. I don't want to do that. How often have we said, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, I don't want to go that way. Lord, can you find somebody else? Lord, he's more qualified. She's more qualified. Couldn't you just use them? Lord, I like the way it's heading. Just keep in mind, God's never going to do you wrong. Never. God will never do you wrong. God's working everything for His honor and His glory. And not only that, you can't stop at that. It's for His honor and His glory and our good. It's for our good. Now, Joseph, turn back to Matthew chapter 1. I want to look at Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1, Verses 18 through 21. This is when the angel Gabriel appears to Joseph. He appears to Mary. He appears to Joseph. And the angels appear to the shepherds. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before... You ought to underline that and circle it. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought all these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, and here it is, fear not. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Going all the way back to Isaiah here. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And I love verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did, did, as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. Joseph, just like Mary, was, have, was on his way to having everything that he wanted in life. A pure little Jewish girl, virgin, pure girl. He was on his way to marriage, home, family, everything. Listen, Everything had fell into place. But then, then, then came the news. Mary's pregnant. Joseph knows, well, I'm not the father. I'm not the father. You know, Joseph had two options when he heard the news. He could put her away privately. He could send her away privately. Now for divorce. See, if they were already a spouse. It would be a divorce. He would have to divorce her and send her away privately to have the child. Or he could have made Mary a public example. Deuteronomy 24, you know what the uh, pay for that was? The charge for that was? Back then? Death. Mary could have been put to death. Joseph didn't seek to do that. You know, all their hopes came crashing down as physical. When you think about it. All their dreams that they had. But you see, Joseph was willing. Listen, his pride's been shattered. Think about it. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes, men. His pride's been shattered. Uh, Listen, he wasn't the father. His life probably seemed over to Joseph. Where do I go from here? I love that verse where it says, And Joseph did as the Lord commanded. He submitted his will to God's will. privilege of Joseph's life you know when Joseph pondered you know I like to always put myself there you know I I think about you know when Joseph got the news that Mary's pregnant and he begins to ponder what will I do what to do he begins to mull over everything what the decisions that I've got the situation that I'm in When he's doing that, what does God do? God sends an angel. Joseph, don't fear. This is of God. This is my plan for your life, Joseph. Just as he had done with Mary. Mary, fear not. This is my plan for your life. God has a plan for all of our lives. He's got a plan for every one of us. Listen. Listen. We're all, not all, but the bulk of us are on the other side of, you know, of our good old days, <laughs> of our active days. Now we don't sleep all night because we hurt somewhere. But God has, still has a plan. It doesn't matter if we are 60. God still got a plan. And our plans may change from what it was yesterday to what God's got for my future. But am I willing to say, no, Lord? I've got this planned out for the rest of my life. This is what I've got. I've already got it set up. This is the way I'm going. Or would we be like Mary and Joseph and say, "Okay, Lord, be it unto, be it unto the handmaid of the Lord." Joseph says that he went out and did according to what God had commanded. The assignments that God gives. You know, sometimes they are costly. Sometimes God's assignments for us are costly. But they always pay back. They always pay back far more in return. Always. Joseph's priorities, verse 24 and 25, he willingly, he willingly took the assignment of God. that God had offered him. In spite of the ridicule, Joseph had to suffer a lot of ridicule, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of humiliation. But he willingly did that to make the Lord's will a priority in his life. There there never was a question of if with Joseph, never. I've read all this yesterday back and forth and Joseph. There's never the implication of, well, if if it's not there, it's not to be seen. Now the shepherds, look at chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Chapter 2 and verse 8 of Luke, chapter 2 and verse 8 says, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, Shepherds. You know, we never think much about these shepherds as to who they really were, but you know what they were and who they were? Shepherds were a social outcast. They were actually even unfit. When you read about it, they were unfit because of their job, because of what they'd done. They were unfit to even take part in any of the ceremonies of the temple. They were without hope. Isn't that who we are? Isn't that who we are? We're without hope. The natural state of man, when you look at these shepherds, listen, we're separated from God because of our sin. You and I are separated. Sin separates us, puts a wall between us and God. These shepherds were outcasts, they were without because of what they did. Verses 9 through 14, it often amazes me, and I was thinking yesterday as to who received the news first. You know, you had the scribes and the Pharisees who were in charge of the word of God, wasn't they? You see, in my thinking, they should have been the ones to receive the news. But they didn't. They didn't receive the news. Because, really, of who they were. They were just religious. They didn't have God. What a privilege these, these shepherds had. You know, I can understand why... Mary was afraid. I can understand that. I can understand why Joseph was afraid. But why were these shepherds afraid? I kept reading this yesterday and wondering, well, what fear? You, know, you say, well, if an angel comes to you and starts speaking in the night. You're going to be afraid too. But you see, their their fear really was a true cause for fear. Theirs is a true cause. When you look at these shepherds, they were being confronted with the reality of God. The reality of God and the reality that I'm away from God. The reality of their sin. These were sinners who became the first soul winners because of their willingness To do what God had commanded them to do. God showed himself to these men for one reason. It was his desire for them to come. It was God's invitation. What did God give them? God gave them directions to the Son of God. That's That's what the message was. Go, and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling. God gave them directions to the Son of God. The angel here gave them directions. What has God given you and I? What did God give me through His Word? He gave me directions to the Son of God. That's what He's given me. That's what He's given you. His message, his invitation has always been come. Always. He gave them directions on how to go and find baby Jesus. That's the same privilege that you and I have today. We have directions from the Word of God, we have an invitation. The last invitation in the Word of God there in Revelation 22, 17 is what? Come. From beginning, everything in the Word of God pointed to this day. Everything in the Old Testament pointed to this time. I love how verse chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass. And it came to pass. Three times the announcement is made and three times the angel says fear not don't fear don't fear Mary don't fear and Mary didn't Mary took God at his word he comes to Joseph he says Joseph fear not Joseph there isn't no question Joseph gets up and does as the angel had bid he comes to the shepherds and he says fear not go find him there he is go find him and what do they do? They go out and they 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 voice abroad the good news. They begin to tell the good news. Listen, the Messiah's come. We're going to sing. They all surrendered their wills to God's will. That's what you and I need to do. That's what I failed to do so often in my life. God has had a plan, and I chose my plan instead. And it makes for a miserable time. It makes for a miserable time. Let's be like the... It, just, it is, ain't it?